for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Go to Jeremiah this morning, Jeremiah 29, chapter 29, verse 11. I'm going to give you some things this morning that you may have never heard before, and that's okay because sometimes God releases stuff out of the inside of someone when he believes that people are ready to hear it. So we're going to cut crossways of some of the things you may have believed before, and we're going to slowly show them to you so that you understand that there may be something different than what you actually think. Wouldn't that be something? My gosh. My goodness sakes. Jeremiah 29. Sounds like the women had a great time yesterday, praise God. We're glad of that. We like happy women. Even if, even if they got to use a fan, be happy, that's fine. Doesn't really matter, praise God. You can do it holily like this. That's better. All right, Jeremiah 29, are you there? Look at verse 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, and when you shall search for me with all of your heart. Now, the first verse there, for I know the thoughts. If you look at some, it says, for I know the plans. Say the plans. Let me just say that God has a plan for each and every one of you in here. A lot of times God will break it down into time segments just so that you can understand your plan. So as the year 2020 comes to pass, God has a plan for you in 2020. He's already predicted the plan. He's already supplied for that plan. He's already given you everything he wants to give you for that plan. But you have to find the plan. So God has a purpose. Does God have a purpose for Zimi in 2020? Yes. He has one. Does he have one for Shazed? Yes. Does he have one for me? Even me, praise God. Isn't that wonderful? He has a plan for me in 2020, basically. Now notice, he also had a plan for you in 2019. Now whether you completed that plan or not, I don't know. Maybe you completed 2019. You found out what God wanted you to do. You had a purpose in 2019 and you completed. Maybe you never even found out what he wanted to do and you got basically nothing done in 2019. But let me just say that doesn't matter because we're in 2020 now. What matters now is today. Everybody says this is a special time. Every day of your life is a special time, praise God, no matter what the year, no matter what anything else, because God has a plan for you. God has a purpose. God does not create anything without a purpose. He doesn't just create things to be fun or he ain't got nothing to do, so he creates everything that you see he created. So every single one of us has been created for a purpose. Say, I've been created for a specific purpose from God. All right, so, I mean, and you look at God, I mean, he's really something. I mean, everything that is created basically has something. I was thinking the other day, I was in the bathroom thinking this morning God was downloading to me and I used a Q-tip to clean out my ear and I thought, God, he, he put hair in my ears. <laughs> To keep germs and stuff out of your ears. Think about that. What's the hair there for? It has a purpose. You've got hair in your nose. What's it for? To block out germs, to block the tiny, minute thing. And I thought a bumblebee, you know, flies around. He's got hairy legs. Do you ever see a picture of a bumblebee? What's he doing? He's getting pollen because he's got hairy legs. And he's taking it to the next flower. Everything that God has ever made has a purpose. Now, notice, that means a roach. Come on now. A roach and a mosquito, they have a purpose. Now, just because you don't know what their purpose is does not mean they don't have a purpose. Right, right, 
Come on, are you following me? So everything there is, God creates. God just don't create for the fun of it. Everything that he's created in this earth basically has a purpose. Say, I have a purpose. Now, God's main thing that he wants you to do in your purpose and to fulfill your purpose, he wants you to succeed. He needs you to succeed. He needs you to have success. Why is that? Because he made you. Your name, his name is on you. And if you don't succeed, it gives him a... A bad name. I mean, GE makes a wash machine. They send it out there. If it don't work, guess who gets in trouble for it? Guess who gets a bad name for it? Guess if it doesn't work, what happens? So what does God want us to do? God wants you to succeed. And what happens once you start getting success in the things of God? You start getting influence. Nobody comes to a loser to get advice. Nobody comes to a failure. But when you're succeeding... And praise God, you've got influence on people. People will come to you to solve problems because you were created to solve some problems in 2020 in other people's lives. So here you are, you're created, basically, and you've got influence in the situation. You can look at it, even the natural realm. You've got people like, let's just say LeBron James. Not one of my favorites, but LeBron James is very good at what he does. So he has influence over a lot of people out there because he has influence in that situation. Tiger Woods, for years, had influence. Every little kid in the world wanted to play golf. Why is that? Because he was successful. Seeing he was successful, he had influence in his life, basically. Now, how many of you know success takes time? Success takes work. Tiger Woods just didn't pick up a set of clubs and go out and start shooting under par and play. I mean, he practiced and he practiced and, and he practiced and he hit balls and he hit balls and he hit balls. What does God want you to do? He wants you to take your talents and your gifts and he basically wants you to be successful in them so people will come to you to get their problem solved and you're in a place where you can be an outstretched arm of God himself helping other people with what's going on in their life. Look at Jesus. Jesus is walking along the seashore. He's already there and he sees a bunch of disciples. What were they doing sitting there with an empty boat? Problem. Say problem. problem. Now you know Jesus had the answer. What did Jesus say? Throw the net over on the other side. And he had some wisdom they didn't have, right? right? So he throws the net over there. What happens? They get so many dang fish, they can barely take the things in. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was here, a success, solving a problem that was going on. And, and the more you learn about success, and the more you learn about your purpose, and the more you learn about the laws that pertain to your purpose, the more you're going to understand and the more successful you're going to be. Now, I don't see Kenny in here this morning. Good, I can talk about him then. <laughs> Kenny years ago was led to be a mechanic. So he studied the laws of mechanic. He found out how to fix cars. He could listen to cars, find out what was wrong, on and so on and so forth. My car breaks down. I spend two and a half hours trying to fix it, and it's probably worse off than before I started. <laughs> Why? I don't know the laws that govern a car. I don't, I don't know the, the things that govern a car. It's not my purpose to govern a car. So what do I do? I go to someone who is successful in that area. Why? Because I need someone successful. So I go to Kenny. He looks at the car, starts it. About two minutes later, it's running, and it goes just fine. What took me almost two hours, and I got nothing done, took him two minutes. Now notice, when you're successful, Moshekela, God will provide your needs because many times you set your own price. If my car breaks down on I-95 and Kenny's got to come out to fix it, I don't care what he charges me. 
get my car running because I want to go to wherever I'm going. Why? He's been successful in a purpose that God had given him in the natural realm, and that success basically draws people to you because of your influence then. Are you following me this morning? All right, now we've got to define success. What is success? World success is basically having houses, having fame, having fortune, having money. The only success that God has in your life, basically, is for you to fulfill the purpose that you were created to do. That's the only God's success there. He don't care how much money you got. He don't care how many houses you got. He don't care about anything because you are part of his plan. If you fail, part of his plan fails. If you succeed, his plan's going good and it succeeds. So God is very interested in what you do and what you don't do and your plan and your purpose. So my successfulness is to fulfill what God has called me to do now in 2020. What he called me in 2019, hopefully I did most of it. Hopefully it's finished, but now he's calling me to new things in 2020. See, it never, and that's what's so great. It don't matter what age you are. See, if you got this perspective, I don't care if you're 90 and you seek the Lord, he's going to give you another purpose. And now from 90 to 91, you're going after that purpose. And you're pursuing, you ain't saying, well, I'm 90 now. I can't do nothing. I'm 70. I quit. I mean, no, 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 no. Every time there's a new thing to go to, God doesn't stop. He keeps putting stuff in front of you to do and, and giving you a plan and giving you a purpose to do it. Praise God. So in 2019, maybe you didn't do very good. But now we're in 2020. And you can find out what God's plan is for you, what God's purpose is for you, what's going on. And I'll tell you what, the quickest way to, f- the quickest way to fail in success, try to be successful. It's the quickest way to do it. Why is that? Because if you decide that you're going to be successful, you will take shortcuts to get there in a hurry. How many know there's a lot of drug dealers out there right now with a lot of money? But they took a shortcut to get there, didn't they? So when they go to bed at night, they can't sleep. Why? Because there's four other drug dealers just about to come to their door and steal their drugs and shoot them. So they got no rest. They got no sleep. They got the money. That's what they were after. They took a shortcut to get it. They wanted to get there to do it. They wanted to be there to do it. So what happened? You cannot shortcut anything in God. There are no shortcuts in God. There is a growing. There is a following of the laws. There are doing things day by day. Like Ted just said a little bit ago, step by step. Everything's step by step. And praise God, sometimes you don't even know what step you're taking next, but you're going to end up taking the thing. The Bible tells you to run your own race. Say, run your own race. So you don't need to run anybody else's race. You need to run your race. Therefore, in order to be successful, you cannot compare yourself with others. It's a different race altogether. I remember one time when... I was younger, and I went to school, and, and they had a real tough test. We had a teacher who really tried to make everybody fail or get smarter or whatever he was trying to do. And I got like a 72 on the test, and they were passing them back. And I said, 72? I said, my God. And the guy said, you've got the highest score in the class. I thought, praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, so what did I do? I took that test home, took it up to my mom. Woo-wee, look at that. She said, 72. I said, yeah, I got the highest in the class. She said, I don't care. If you got the highest in the class or not, the goal was 100. You only got 72. But I was comparing myself to the 40s, 35s, 20s, zeros. And I thought myself was pretty. Notice, God doesn't care what everybody else is doing with their plan and purpose. He cares what you're doing with your plan and purpose. Or they're doing better than I am. Are they? 
Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. How do you know that? You don't know what their purpose is. God's purpose is for them, so you can't gauge where they're at or where they're not at. So I've got my own lane, and i got my own little race right here, and I'm going to do those things, praise God. So you cannot shortcut. The Bible talks about forgive us our trespasses. Say trespasses. All right, if I was walking home, and I was coming home, and my house was over there, and the sidewalk goes out and around, and I cut across somebody's yard, what was I doing? Why was I trespassing? Because I wanted to take a... So the Bible, when it talks about trespasses, many times is just our hurry to get something that God has promised them, us without doing what God has told us to do to get there. See, whatever it takes. There are no shortcuts. It's a day by day. It's a walk by walk. It's a step by step. That's what everything does. So there's no shortcuts. Say there's no shortcuts. Say it's step by step. So I want to be successful this year. I want to fulfill what God is calling me to do right now in this season. Say in this season. And I tell you what, don't get upset at the seasons. Many people get lost in the season. Praise God. You're not going to be an instant success in something. And you're going to run into difficulties. And you're going to run into failures. You're going to run into problems. But they are for a season. Thank God they're for a season. Some people say, well, I haven't been out of work for six months. And somebody offered me a job for $10 an hour. And I ain't going to take that. And, And so stay broke. They come to, you, come to you and say, should I take that job? I say, do you need a job? Yeah. They'll say, yes. I said, take it. Why? It's just for a And there's another job coming that's going to be for a And there's another place coming that's going to be for But you haven't even entered the season. Come on, you'd rather sit at home broke and your wife hates you and your kids are running around naked and you ain't got nothing because you're waiting on the job. You're waiting on the job that's good enough for you. See? Well, if you got in your season, maybe you'd be to that job by now. But there's a season that you go through. Don't, I mean, we've had season after season after season. We've had just for fun, season of four people. We have no season. We had prayer group season. We had church season. We had Wednesday night season. We had Sunday night season. Season after season after season. But the thing, in those seasons, you can learn some things. Even when things go wrong, you can look at it as a crisis. Or you can look and try to find the laws and the rules of God how to get through that crisis and start pursuing them, and they will work in your life. So everybody wants to be successful, don't they? How many in here want to be successful? Everybody does, don't they? All right, go to Joshua chapter 1. You have got to come out of the world's thinking of quick ways to be successful, quick ways to fulfill a purpose that probably isn't your purpose anyway. And you've got to get hooked up with God and find out what he wants to do in your life because that's the only thing that will make you successful and prosperous in your life all the way along. What's the kingdom of God like? Well, let me tell you what it's like. It's like a man who plants a seed in the ground and he goes to bed and he gets up and he goes to bed and he gets up and he goes to bed and he gets up and pretty soon... Up comes the blade. Woohoo! Goes to bed. He's not trying to be successful. He just followed the laws of the kingdom of God, which was sow the seed, and the seed's going to naturally grow up, and pretty soon he's going to come to a place where there's fruit. Say there's fruit. Fruit is the success in that area that God has called you to do. It will always produce fruit. That's in your life. Praise God. All right, Joshua chapter 1. We're talking about success. Look at verse 6. Be strong and be of good courage, for unto this people... Shall thou divide an inheritance of the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them? Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the what? The law which Moses my servant commanded thee. 
turn not from it to the right hand or the left, that thou mayest prosper wheresoever thou goest. And this book of the what? Shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor shall meditate in day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, do what? The law, to which it is written there, and, and then thou shalt make thy way, and thou shalt have good success. Now notice, what will laws do for you, does it say here? Number one, laws will make you succeed. Laws will bring you success. Laws are predictable. Natural and spiritual laws are predictable. I'm not a fortune teller, but I can predict things for you. If you smoke 25 pack of cigarettes a day, there's a law that says something's going to happen to you. Are you, are you listening to me? If you're going to drink four cases of beer every day, something's going to happen to you. Why? Because there are laws that take place. There are laws that are in the earth. There are laws that are there. And these laws basically are going to activate in your life. But notice who activates them. You do. Say, I do. I do. So success are based on laws. Say success, success. are based on laws. I look at it one more time. Look at verse 8 right there at the end. It says, and you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have what? Now, I, I give to you this morning that God is not responsible for your success. God is not responsible for your prosperity. It says there that if you will just find out the laws that God has placed in the kingdom of God and do those laws, you will have good success. Say good success. Now that tells me that since they put the word good in there, there's some success that isn't that. What's that? Success outside of God. That's why you see rich people committing suicide. They went after success, thought they got the right success. That success stinks anyway. They ended up killing themselves in the process. No, there's a good success, and that good success comes from God's laws of what God has told you to do. You will have good success. Say good success. So basically, my success in my life is based on obeying the laws of God. First of all, discovering the laws of God. Lonis, when you went for a driver's license, you had to take a test to know if you knew the laws to drive. Didn't you? You had to pass that test in order to get your driver's license. Why? They wanted you to know something before you got behind the wheel of the car. But Christians get born again. Bless God. They don't need the Bible. They got it all figured out. Praise God. We're going to live by the same laws as mommy and daddy did. Well, how are they doing? Come on. Take a look at them. Take a look at the great-grandparents. Look at your whole family. No, that's not it. There are other laws that come to you now, basically, that belong to you, and they come to you from the kingdom of God, and you get them through the Word of God. Basically, when the Bible talks about keys, it talks about the laws of God. When you know the keys, you will know the laws of God. When you do the laws of God, you will prosper, and you will have what? Good success. All right, go to Matthew 16. This kind of teaching isn't for everybody. This is the kind of teaching that makes people mad. I know God did that to me. I know he did all this stuff to me. It wasn't my fault this stuff happened. I'm not saying it was your fault. I'm saying you were ignorant of the laws that you needed. Come on now. You were ignorant of them. And I mean, laws basically can be predicted so far in the future, you can predict your future just by what you're doing now and what somebody else is doing now. I mean, when I went, Aaron had a tournament years ago up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I had to drive up there. And I wanted to pick him up at the airport because he was flying in Cincinnati. He was 14 hours away. I could go on my phone, and based on the laws of the road and the laws of my speed, it could tell me exactly what time 
I was going to get to Cincinnati, and I was driving out of my driveway at Port St. Lucie. How many know it was predictable? Why? Because the speed limit is 70 miles an hour. Now, if the speed limit was 200 miles an hour, how many know it would have changed? Come on, it would have changed. If it was 50 miles an hour, then it would have changed again. But notice, as long as you obey the laws, there, there are predictions in your life. I should say there's results in your life that are going to take place that you can predict in your life because that's the way laws work. Praise God. All right, Matthew 16. Look at verse 19. Jesus said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. All right, so here we see the keys. Here we see the keys to fulfillment, to your purpose, to your call, to basically success. Basically says, with these keys, whatever you bind, whatever you allow, whatever you put into motion in your life, heaven will back you up. Amen. The only problem with that is it's good or bad. So in other words, you're the one putting something into motion into your life. Let me just say, if you live in envy, you'll have rotten bones. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. Envy will rot your bones. You live in unforgiveness, you're going to end up in torment and bondage. Why? Because that's what the law of God does. Now, is it because God says, I've had it with their envy and unforgiveness, and I'll tell you what, I'm just going to squash them like a bug, and I've had it. No, there's laws. And when you obey those laws in the wrong direction, you get the result. But when you obey them in the right direction, you also get the result of them, praise God. So you have to know the laws, and you need to obey God's laws, and you will succeed. Do you agree with me? Yes, I do. All right. Here's a statement you're going to love. Prayer does not take the place of laws. Prayer does not take the place of laws. We're good prayers but we don't know the laws, all right? Let me give you an example. I got a seed, a corn seed, and I take it home, and I put it on my tile floor. And I come back in a week, you know what's going to happen to it? I come back in a year, you know what's going to happen to it? How about if I come back and say, What do you think is going to happen? How about if I say, Come out of that seed in Jesus' name, what do you think is going to happen? Nothing, is it? Oh, Father, please let thou a seed, thou a grow. What do you think is going to happen? Nothing, because it's not dependent on your prayer. It's dependent on you following the laws. I mean, you can drive around all day long, and your gas tank gets to E. And you just say, I'm just going to pray in tongues. I don't care. In Jesus' name, come out of that gas tank in the name of Jesus. Well, you know, it's not going to work because a car, law of a car is, it actually runs on something called Are you following me? Okay, how many of you, after you fill up your tank, pray that it now runs? <laughs> Father, I filled my gas tank. No, because when you obey the law, you naturally figure the stupid thing's going to work the way it's supposed to work because you obeyed the law and you're going to get the results of the law. So prayer will not cancel out the laws that you're not keeping, basically. People come to me all the time, pray for me. Sometimes I want to find out what laws they're doing. I ain't going to waste my prayers on somebody who's going to continue to do the same laws and be in the same spot the rest of their life if they're going to keep doing the same laws. I want to tell them what law there is that will change their life. Oh, we're having money issues. Are you tithing? What's that got to do with it? I told you to pray for me for money. Money cometh, money cometh, money cometh, money cometh, money cometh. Money not going to cometh because you're disobeying the laws for God's sakes. You can yell money cometh all you want and me praying for you. Really, I'm going to help you much. 
I can agree with you in prayer, but until you start doing what God's laws are to get hooked up with him that equals success in your life, you're wasting your time. And then you know what happens when you waste your time? All at once, people, people come to you and they want a miracle. Listen, there would be no need for miracles if everybody followed the law. It's only when you don't know the law or you get off the law or you do something in the law that you get into bondage to begin with, and then you need a miracle. Are you following me? So if I'm doing the law all the time, if I'm walking in love, if I'm walking in peace, if I'm walking in joy, if I'm filling my car up every time it gets on E, how many know it's going to keep running? If I plant that seed in the ground, how many know it's going to grow? If I put it on the tile, no matter what else I do, it ain't going to work. If I don't put gas in my car, it's not going to run. These are laws, natural and spiritual, basically, that take place in people's life. Praise God. Hallelujah. And what else? I found out that you cannot... You cannot break any laws. Laws break you. You don't, you don't break laws. Laws break you. Let's take gravity. You're on the top of a building and you walk off. How many know what's going to happen? Now notice, you didn't throw yourself down. The law of gravity pulled you down. If there's no law of gravity, you just float. So you, by breaking the law, basically didn't break the law. When you violate the law, the law breaks you. Are you listening? Gravity pulls you down. What does it do? It smashes you right on the ground, praise God. That's it. And notice, laws work anywhere. It don't matter whether you step off that building in the ghetto or if you step off in Beverly Hills. You're still going to go down and you're still going to hit the concrete. People say in the ghetto, well, I just got to be here because I live in a poor section. Well, start obeying the laws of God and come out of that thing, praise God. The laws will work for you just like they'll work for anybody else that's in your life. It's not where you live. It's basically what you know about God's laws and what you're doing about God's laws, praise God. So you jump off a building and people say, oh, God killed him. He jumped off the building. God didn't have anything to do with it. They stepped off the building. They went down and that was the law. And once they did it, that was it. Let's go all the way back to the garden. Adam had a law. Do not eat off that tree, for in the day you eat it, you shall consequence for breaking the law. How many know he ate off of it? How many know when he ate off of it, basically what happened to him? He died spiritually. Say he died. Okay, so he dies, praise God. What was that? That was separation from God. Notice, it does not say when you eat off that tree, God's going to get mad and kill you. Yet everybody wants to blame God for everything going wrong in their life. Basically, you are a product of the laws that you've been following, the laws that you've been doing your whole life, and you are now reaping results of those laws that you put in your life. So when I find out my purpose in 2020, I want to find the laws. You guys just had a prophecy over you. Healing, deliverance, setting free people free. Well, I want to go to the Bible and find out the laws behind that. I want to find out how Jesus did it, how he operated did it. What, how do I do it? I've got to keep myself clean first of all. I've got to walk in love all the time anyway. You never know when somebody's going to need me. You never know when there's a problem I'm going to solve. So I'm going to study that stuff, see, because that's it. And then people are going to see that and they're going to be, have influence and they're going to come to you, like he said, they're going to come, see. They're not going to go to somebody else who doesn't know anything about it. When you need gas, how many of you go to Publix? Is Publix a good store? Yes, it is. But they don't have what you need at that time. So basically, when you have a problem, you will find some place to go, basically, and you're seeking out someone who will help you. And that's the way the church was supposed to be. It was supposed to be discipleship in church. I love the hooping, I love the hollering, I love the shaking, I love the jumping, but you can get knocked down on the floor for 40 minutes to leave the same way that you came in. Haven't changed a thing in your life. 
you got to understand that the laws make a difference in your life. And laws, every law that is in the thing demands a relationship. So when Adam sinned, he cut off his relationship from God, and man cannot live successfully outside of God. All right, you've got a plant, and a plant has a relationship. It has a relationship with soil. It has a relationship with water. It has a relationship with the sun. If you take that plant out of that relationship, what happens to it? If you say, well, that's it. I wasn't treated very well at that gas station. I'm not going back to a gas station for two years. How many know it's not going to work? You have developed a relationship with that gas station. Every time you needeth gas, it becomes your friendeth. And you go in there, and you fill up your car, basically, to do that. So what happens? A seed without soil and water and a plant will die. A car without gas will die. Man without God will live in death their whole life, praise God. So what do we want to do? We want to follow the plan and the purpose that he has for us, and we want to do it by following his laws. And he already said the plan he has for you is a good plan, and he also said if you seek me with all your heart, you're going to what? Find me, praise God. Glory to God. And it's, it's amazing to me that I've never seen a plant that was growing try to get out of its connection, try to crawl its way out of the ground. Have you ever seen a fish trying to jump out of the water? No. Why? They're smart enough to stay in their environment. The only people who leave their connection in their environment and think they can do it on their own are people. 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 Oh, I can handle that. I don't have to read the word. I know God, and I know what he says, and I might be smarter than God when they check me out. Praise God. You never know what's going on. Praise God. You never know. No, that isn't it. God has laws. God has rules. That's why you need to get in the word of God. That's why you need to do it. All right, let me give you one more here. I found out that my future is not necessarily in my future. My future is in me. God has placed my future in me. Then he reveals my future for 2020 to me. And I, through the laws, walk out my future to get to my future that he already placed on the inside of me. Everybody says, well, when things get better out here, I'll do this. Forget it. They don't get better out there. You follow what's in here, and it gets you to a better place in your life, and it gets you to your future where you belong in your life, and then you find your future there, praise God. Hallelujah. That's the way it works. When I was growing up and I got married to Becky, I always said, you know, I'm, I'm going to... We're, I'm going to own property someday. I'm, I just feel like I'm going to own something. I'm going to rent something. So what did I do? I pursued that a little bit. This is even before I was married. I was pursuing it. Then after I got married and I got born again, it sort of would come and it would sort of go, but it was always in my heart. And all at once, Ted has a class down, way down in Stewart on a night where they're talking about real estate and, and buying real estate and stuff. Well, I was attracted to that. Why? Because that was a future placed in my heart. It, were we ready for it? Oh, we couldn't even afford the house we were in hardly. We own nothing but a half a house. We leased a car, and the other car we had, nobody else would lease. We were not in a financial condition, but we went down anyway, and we heard the spiel, and we heard this and heard that, and all we had basically was like half of our house paid for, so we had that money there. So I'm reading one day, and you know, it comes up. I said, you know, you said a long time ago, and I was supposed to, you got no, how you get, hey, you got no problem, you know what I'm saying. So I'm reading the Bible, and I get to the part where all at once, Jesus said, feed this 5,000. And it says, the disciples said, we can't do that. And he said, what do you have in your hand? And when he did, it just jumped on the inside of me. 
And I thought, well, the only thing that I haveth is half a houses with a little bit of money. So basically, I went to the bank, didn't even really know anything about it. They had something called a home equity line of credit where you could take money out of the bank and you could do it. So I said, oop, I investigated, and as soon as I investigated, and as soon as I got involved in it, the economy completely collapsed. And every house, every building, everything went down from $250,000 to $40,000 to $20,000. I said, woohoo, this is looking good. So I went back and I started studying that scripture. Praise God. And then he, he goes, read further. I said, I like it right there. I don't have to go any further. And I read a little bit further, and he said, Jesus took it, looked up, blessed it, and then he broke it. And I thought, two properties? i got to do, I can barely do one property. And the prices went down so low that I could actually buy two properties with my home equity line of credit that wasn't even my money, then rent them out for the people to pay them off. But notice, this didn't happen overnight. This was stirring in me. This was being pursued by me. This was going to some place to learn a little bit more about it. This was, you all got the idea sometime a dog's going to show up with $200,000 in a bag and drop it at your front door. And let me just tell you right now, that's probably not going to happen. See, there's a step by step by step in the laws of God for wealth. There's a step by step to health. There's a step by step to peace. There's a step by step to joy. Some people worrying all the time. Stop. What should I do? I'm worrying. Stop. I need counsel. Stop. Thank you. I will count that as a half hour. Give me $45. See, we go to the world for this kind of stuff. They charge you 250 bucks and give you nothing, basically except a pill. Do you feel the peace now? Oh, yeah. Blaze God, I'm peaceful now. Yeah, well, see, it doesn't work that way. So what are we doing? We're taking step by step by step. So if you're called to a ministry, you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning with 100,000 people there knowing everything and ministering to everybody and all this stuff. No, it's four people, 30 people, 50, 150, 150. But that's okay because some people don't want to go, don't want to go where you're going. And I don't say that in a braggadocious way. I just say some people are happy with just going to church and doing a little bit here and doing a little bit there. I'm not happy doing that. I want to find out that God's, what he's responsible for, what I'm responsible for, what my laws are, where I'm failing, where I can make the adjustment to succeed in everywhere in my life. So if people got marriage trouble, my phone's ringing, and it does. Why? I'm successful. People got problems, my phone rings. Why? I'm successful. They're not going to go to a pastor who's been divorced 14 times and, and is having a side show this time and basically say, could you help me with my marriage? No, because they're not successful. But it's the same way for you. The more successful you get in your life, the more people are going to come to you because you're going to have greater influence in every single area of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. And let me just throw this out. Oh, Lord. You will never complete in 2020 what you want to complete if your past is alive. Never happen. Because you're so absorbed in your past, you cannot get the picture of your future to start walking in the laws of your future. You're still in the past. And according to God, your past is dead. That's right. But you keep resurrecting it. Yeah. 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 Come on. I'm just telling you. 
It holds you back. You ain't going to go anywhere. You'll go through 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, and all at once you'll get a few, oh, I haven't done anything in five years because I've been living in my past. And hopefully you can break out of it at that time, but don't wait till 2023. Break out of your past now. You're not alone. Everybody's had something that happened. I'm the only one. Oh, no, trust me. You're not the only one. It's just that we don't talk about it all the time. We don't look at it all the time. We don't pertain to it all the time. The past is past. The future is before you. The future of God's on the inside of me for what he wants to do in this ministry and in my life. And I'm not going to look back there. I'm going to look at my failures. I'm not even going to look at my successes. Because they may keep me back there. Well, I did it there 10 years ago, and I'm going to do the same thing. No, no, no. I want to go forward. I want to find out the laws to the thing. I want to walk out those laws every single day. I want to take another step. I want to do it through that. And pretty soon you become to a place where you're a problem solver. And the reason you're alive right now is because there's problems that God wants you to grow up to be able to solve. So you're a problem solver. That's who you are. That's why God put you. There's some problems that need solved right now. Not in 1850, not in 1723, but in 2020 and beyond that God needs you to grow up into, follow his laws, learn his laws, so you can tell other people about his laws, praise God. So what are you going to do? I'm going to find out. I'm going to stay close to God. When I seek God, I'm going to find God. When I find God, he's going to reveal to me in here. Say in here. It's in here. See, all those little childhood things that you had dreams of and all that stuff that you put on the side, many times that was God. He was just waiting for you to get born again so he'd give you the ability to do those things because he didn't want you to try to do them before you were born again because without the Holy Ghost, you'd have certainly messed up. (laughs) Are you following me? He didn't want you stepping out before you get born again. But see, once you got born again, we talked last week about the Holy Ghost. Now you've got the ability to do what you can't do. Can't do it. So God tells you to start a ministry, and you think, I can't do that. And God says, I don't care if you can do it or not. I've given you the ability of God to do it. Now you've got to break through the fear realm, and you've got to step out, and you've got to do it. And you know, when you step out, all at once the ability comes, knowledge that you never knew you had comes into your life. Wisdom comes into your life. All the stuff starts coming from the inside of it. You find out, my God. I'm smart. (laughs) And why are you smart? Because Christ came to live in you and he brought his wisdom and he brought his knowledge and he brought his compassion and he brought his power and he brought his victory. It's all on the inside of each and every one of us. But we're looking out here for something to happen. We're looking for our future. What's your future? I don't know. I'll tell you next New Year's exactly what my future was. And you'll be in the same place you are right now because it doesn't work that way. You've got to find out the laws, you've got to do the laws, and you've got to do what the laws are telling you to be successful. And you'll slowly become a solver. I mean, Luann came here. Luann was a mess, yeah. as a lot of people are. It's true. She knows it, but she's grown. She's studied the Word. She's listened to the Word. She's put the Word in action, and now she's teaching a class down at her place. What's she doing? She's solving problems that are out there. In your workplace, you're a problem solver. Don't be the problem Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. If you are the problem, please don't mention TCVC. Just tell them you go to the Baptist church down the road or the third congregational church over here. Because we're not trying to keep people where they're at. We're not trying to, we want to help people. And if you're new and you need help, we are here, praise God. But we're going to make you grow up out of that. We are going to give you strong meat that you choke on sometimes and might make you mad, but that's all right, praise God. If you just put it off to the side and chew a little bit at a time, bite a piece (laughs) off and chew it up without spitting it out, you're going to be fine. You're going to get a revelation from God on the inside of you. Because the kingdom of God operates different than Christianity. 
Christianity is pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, and nobody's obeying the laws. So what? So, and then you pray for 25 people and aren't obeying the laws, and then you think, I ain't got no power. I thought I had power, but I don't. I prayed for 25 people and nobody got healed. Yeah, they're all living like the devil. Then wanting a quick fix out of you, and it doesn't work that way. My anointing is not to help those who don't want to help. It's to help those who want help and are seeking God and going in the right direction. So this morning, whether you know it or not, your life is important. Each individual life here is important, and it's important to God. And this coming year is important. It's important that you find out what he wants you to do, how he wants you to do it, and it doesn't matter what your age is. That one little old lady, praise God, she was praying when they brought baby Jesus in. She was in her 90s. She didn't care. She was praying around the clock. What was her call? Pray. She wasn't casting out any devils. She wasn't doing anything else. She was just praying. But notice, don't go for the shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. That's the greatest temptation I think Jesus ever was involved in is when the devil came to him right after he came out of the desert, told him to climb to the pinnacle of the temple and jump down. And don't worry, your foot won't get hurt at all. In other words, if you climb up there right now and jump down, everybody's going to believe that you are something special because you could jump off the top of the temple, land down here, and not even get hurt. Well, that's easier than suffering, dying, going to the cross, going to hell, being raised so people will believe on me. See, all he had to do was jump. He could have got everybody to believe for him, but he didn't take the shortcut. See, and there's going to be shortcuts that come in your life that people offer you things. I mean, dear Lord... They call you every day, don't they? Want you to invest in this, want you to do that, want you to do this. This younger generation, some of them, don't want to do anything. They just think they're supposed to come out of college and they should be millionaires in two years and just sit back and take it easy or whatever. No, it takes work. It takes hard work. It takes following the laws. It takes following the laws in the natural realm even to do it, praise God. There are physical laws, and, and that laws build into us. Even the natural laws build into you. You know when you do something wrong. Nobody got to tell you. When you're driving down the road and you're in a hurry and that light turns yellow and you speed up and all once it turns red and you go through it, the first thing you do is look in the rearview mirror. <laughs> Why? Because you think somebody may be behind you at that time. See, whenever you're looking in the rearview mirror, you're in sin. See, but if you're driving down the road and it's nice, bright green and you drive through that, you never even check your mirror. You just are gone, praise God. But boy, if you went through that red light, oh my God. See anybody? See anybody? Did you ever have that happen and then somebody pull out the cop and turn his lights on and then went around you to the next guy? You thought, oh my God. I'll never do that again in Jesus' name. Never, 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 never. So there's a purpose for you living right now. And it's a purpose only you can do. It's a purpose that God has given you. When you press into God, you're going to find out that purpose and you're going to pursue it by obeying the laws of God. Your success is fulfilled and God's plan for you is fulfilled by your success in keeping the keys of the kingdom, which are the laws of the kingdom of God. If you're not keeping the laws, sooner or later, the laws are going to judge you. They're going to judge you, whether it's physically, financially, spiritually, whatever it is. There's going to be a judge coming to you. So change the laws. We don't know all the laws yet. I don't know all the laws, but the ones I know I'm doing. That's the big thing. It's not knowing them, the Bible says. It's knowing them and doing the laws, praise God. So this year, praise God, there's a purpose for you in your life. It's probably maybe something different. Maybe something continued. You just find out what that thing is. Then you walk it out. It's not going to happen overnight. Holy Ghost will help you. If you need help, talk to someone who's already walked it out and been there and done that. Praise God. I get so excited when I see some of the new teachers and preachers that we got in here, you know. When I see the Luans and I see the, the Beckys. Yeah. 
but, but if you look at the young ones and then you look at the older ones, they can even see where they were, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, what am I going to do? What am I going to, what am I going to say? I'm studying and I'm studying and I'm studying. Pretty soon they got 65 pages of notes and they got, and they got 12 minutes to teach. <laughs> Isn't that the way it's done? Isn't that the way it's done? They've written four books, and they got a 12-minute slot. And then don't use any of it. Why is that? Because that's just the normal way it is. Whenever you step out, your first step's going to be tough, and then your step higher is going to be tough. That's just the way it is. But if you know the final result in the future and the plan that God has for you is a good plan, praise God, you're going to keep walking towards that thing, pressing into that thing. Seek God this year. I don't know what my purpose is. Get in that word. Get in time with him, and he will slowly show you. He's not going to say, and your purpose. He may, but he probably won't. Your purpose this year. No, it's a still small voice that comes up on the inside. You're going to own property. You're going to be teaching people how to live in the kingdom of God. You're going to be teaching, dee, 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 and it keeps coming back. You can't get rid of it. It's like a boomerang. Keep pushing it away. That ain't it. And here it comes again. Praise God. And then somebody will walk up to you and say, hey, you know, I think you should be teaching the word of God the way you sound. You say, did you ever get a word and you didn't want it? I have. I got words that I knew was right, and I still didn't want them. Because not out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. I got two. <laughs> Come on. I've been there, done that, still doing that. Praise God. It still happens. Purpose, you're important this morning. Plan for you. God has something good for you, and it's a good plan, thank God. But you've got to make your way successful. You've got to make your way prosperous. Just follow God step by step, what he does, do it. Find somebody that's got a call like you, God, and, and re- Get from them. Suck on them, man. Get what information they got. Get in their head and draw all that stuff out, praise God. Because that's how you're going to be successful in every single area. So when you look back next year, when we're turning into 2021, you say, I'm done with that year. I've completed everything I needed to complete. Now what are we going to do this year? Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Jump up this morning. I know that stirred you up this morning because he told me he was going to do that. Tell me you already, your brains are running in 42,000 different directions, praise God. Quiet them down. Quiet them down. Have yourself a nice big lunch. That'll quiet it down. You get a little nap in and you can start fresh again, praise God. That's good for you. Hallelujah. Let me just pray this morning. Father, I just love you. I thank you for the wisdom and knowledge you continue to impart to each and every one of us. Father, we know that each single person in here, every member of the body, whether the finger, the toe, the belly button, whatever, praise God, they have, they have a place in your great plan. And Father, I thank you for wisdom and revelation and knowledge in every member of Treasure Coast Victory Center to rise up out of their spirit right now. Holy Spirit, you reveal to them their future. You reveal to them what you want them to do for the kingdom of God. And we thank you that they'll realize that when they hear it on the inside, and you will then show them out, lay it out, law by law by law, step by step by step. And we thank you. We want to complete this year and every year what you have given us to do. We thank you for your Holy Ghost, for your power, for your wisdom, for your knowledge, and everything that you're doing in this body and each person. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God.
you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.